Hello, Father. Uh, hello, Father. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor. Uh, Doctor. how's it going, buddy? Are you a priest now? Uh, priest forever. <laughs> I think so. What? <laughs> they so did that. That's why we didn't do anything last week. That's right. We are a week behind because we spent a week not doing anything. Because I was exhausted from the ordination weekend, um, which is last weekend. Praise God. You did it. Congratulations. (laughs) Here's a ribbon. Uh, Yeah, man. So got ordained last week and now, yeah, just uh, back in Spain. Now I moved back here and going to get started. Back in uh, Spain. Yeah. Going to get started with school pretty soon. So... Yay, you're a priest. Now go study some more. <laughs> I thought we weren't allowed to go anywhere. I managed to sneak out of the country and make it to Europe uh, on a student visa. Oh. That's it. That's it. You got to find a way. Um, what have you been up to? School. First week of school. How was that? It was okay. <laughs> oh, yeah? Uh, I tweeted out last week, internet classes are really weird. Uh, and yeah. you know what? Internet classes are really weird. Why? What's so weird about them? Well, I teach graphic design. Oh, wow. And it's fine. It's fine to be on the internet. I mean, I learn stuff all the time on YouTube. But when you're just starting and learning programs, like you need somebody to sometimes just to smack you over the head and say, stop doing that thing you keep doing. Right, it's right. What we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of puts uh, puts everything into perspective of what do we really do when we teach. Most of it is just keep people on on topic. That's right. Um, well, that's tough. Have you gotten a chance to preach? Did you preach this past weekend? I preached today. Oh, today. <laughs> I guess as we record, yeah. Today's Sunday. Is it Sunday? We're going to start recording on Sundays. That's right. Um, what did you preach on today? The readings were, what was it today? Peter, upon, this, upon you I build my church. Oh, the rock. that's right. What did you preach on? Uh, that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I said that I thought it was fascinating how we always throw shade at the apostles and the disciples for not getting it. Totally. Like, oh, Jesus, you're just Elijah, the prophet, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no. (laughs) Who do you say that I am? And Peter, like, gets it right. And he says this really interesting things. Flesh and blood has not told you this but my father in heaven oh. and so that got, and and uh in conjunction with the second reading from saint paul where he's talking about how inscrutable how unsearchable the ways of the lord are yeah got me thinking about like how can we actually throw shade not only at the apostles but at ourselves for not knowing the unsearchable for not knowing the unscrutable mm. like how dare you know not not know everything about the universe <laughs> and an, an eternal being. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and so, and so, I, I was talking about how that's—I mean—that's part of why I think that Jesus was um, telling them not to tell people about the things that he was doing because it would just become—I mean, look at the way that we do that today. It just becomes a point of pride. Like it's not about mm. you telling me fun things or smart things. I don't care how smart you are. Right. This is knowledge that comes from from our father in heaven. This is something that's bigger than just you. So yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I did. I like that. I like that. It's interesting. Cause it, I mean, it seems to dovetail right into today's gospel. The one for next week. Um, the one that we're talking about today, like I think it's immediately right after that. It is. Yeah. Um, he has that 
great blessing. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for you have said this. And then he says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just kind of an interesting thing. Like, what do you, uh, just to jump right into it for this upcoming week, like based off of what you just said for today's homily, uh, sorry for the homily for this past week, um, with like with the disciples don't always, don't always just get it wrong. It's like Peter has this wonderful moment of getting it right, but then turns around and gets it wrong again. You know, so yeah. how, do, how would you continue what? your homily into this, this gospel? Yeah, well, I mean, again, I think it's just the, you know, a, a beautiful glimpse into human nature. Like, none of us, I think one of the traps that people fall into is they think, oh, well, I've been baptized and now I'll be perfect for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I've just been ordained a priest, so I'm going to be perfect for the rest of my life. Like, that's not how we work. <laughs> a little on the nose there, Jonathan. <laughs> mm hmm Uh-huh. But it's true. Like we, right. we tell ourselves like, oh, once I'll, once I do this, then it'll be fine. I won't have to worry. Right. And I think this is Peter showing us or Jesus showing us through Peter that no, <laughs> we screw up and that's fine. Like that's who we are. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I don't think that we need to be, I mean, we need to be hard on ourselves for when we choose to do wrong and fail to do good. Mm -hmm. um, but we need to know that God is there to hold us. Uh, right, and that if we deny ourselves, like the whole thing with Peter here is that he's trying to uh, to tell Jesus that he doesn't have to go through his passion and death. Like, without the blood of the cross, then what is there? Like, yeah, yeah. And it's re it re it's re reminiscent. Speaking of getting behind me, Satan, it's reminiscent of what uh, he was told in the desert. You know, mm -hmm. just call down upon. Cow, cow, call, here we go. Call down the angels, uh, command the host of the heavenly host, and they'll carry you off. They'll save you. So like, well, that's not what this is about, right? So I guess like I'm, I'm trying to figure out, looking at what Peter says, what is Peter's mistake? Um, so like he doesn't have no such thing shall ever happen to you. So like, he, so what's what's the mistake there? Is it that because Peter doesn't know, but Jesus just said that it would. So is it like Peter? Peter isn't trusting Jesus at his word. Is that the problem here? Uh, I mean, he is in a sense. Like he's denying contradicting Jesus. Him. Yeah, he's contradicting he's what he's saying. He's, Jesus is teaching that he will be killed and on the third day be raised. Uh -huh. And he says, no, that's not real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a lack of faith in, in Jesus' own prophecy about his own death. Um because you could also read that line, which is the wrong way probably to read it, is is him just saying, God forbid, like, let no such thing happen. Um, like him just basically saying that we don't want that to happen. But he's saying no in a declarative sense, like that's not going to happen to you. So he's denying that Jesus is right about his own destiny. No such thing shall ever happen to you. Mm -hmm. Like, you will never die. You will never leave me. Mm. Like, that's a selfish thing to say. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it also calls into question what Peter imagined in his confession to, like, what did it mean to him to say that Jesus was the Messiah? You know, so, like, maybe this is calling into question not just that he's right to call Jesus the Messiah, but maybe his understanding of what a Messiah is is what's being challenged here. Because Peter yeah, has part fair. of it right, you know, but he maybe doesn't have the whole picture because the Messiah has to be killed, no, will be killed and will rise on the third day, even though maybe Peter's conception of the Messiah was something else, you know? I wouldn't. I don't fault him for that, though. I don't think any of us can know exactly what that means. I mean, right. we say these things uh, all the time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I mean that's to Jesus's point for this past week. Like these are not things that you that you or I can figure out. These 
are mysteries coming down from from the Lord. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I don't think we should. I don't think we should pretend that Peter had had it all. Like, even in these brilliant confessions, like he's getting at something, and that's part of what our uh, what divine revelation is. Like, w- w- God is showing us Himself. Um, making himself known through our own understanding, through our own our own limited, finite yeah, yeah. Uh, world. Yeah. Like we can't possibly know the infinite. Sure, sure. But we can get a glimpse, especially through through Jesus. And I think that's what um we need to come to realize. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's still a long way of there's still a long journey left for, for Peter. Right, right. Like we're still at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm struck by the word you, that Jesus uses here. He calls him an obstacle, uh, and I just can't help connect that to what he just called him. He called him a rock before. So, like, just kind of thinking yeah. about how he's called the rock to be the foundation, but a rock when it's not laid in its proper place can kind of just sit in the middle of the of the ground and kind of become an obstacle to you know a safe path. So, it's kind of interesting how Peter as the rock needs when Peter is on the right path with Jesus, he's the bedrock of the church. But when he's out of sync with the Lord, he becomes a stumbling block, you know? Um, I think there may be kind of an interesting thing for there to reflect on as, you know, now as a priest and also as a member of the church, representative of the church, how is it that I'm called to be laying a good foundation upon which the church can be built? uh, But how is it that maybe denying what the Lord is saying, how I myself can also become an obstacle to how God is wanting to relate to his people? You know, like you were saying, like it's, even the ministers of the church can also become are not necessarily perfect at this, and so how we might also become obstacles to to the work of grace in people's lives. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of struck by that right now. Yeah, you're you're reminding me of that the of the parable of the weeds and the wheat. Uh, with, I think you're totally right with this rock that is the foundation. If it's not if it's not placed in the right spot, then it's that it's an obstacle. You know, like mm-hmm. any gardener will be able to tell you if you ask them what a weed is. Uh, do you know what they would say? They would say any plant that you don't want to keep. Is that right? Any plant that exactly any plant that you don't want. Yeah. And I think a trap that we fall into is saying, well, weeds are this very narrowly defined thing. Right. And the wheat or the nice plants are this other very narrowly defined thing. So all I have to do is f- is find myself or develop in such a way that I'll be in this this nice neat little category mm-hmm. when that's mm-hmm. not really what Jesus is teaching <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's not really what he's trying to say it's whoever you are like you you do you man <laughs> but you have to be placed well and that comes through deny like he's saying in this gospel for today that comes through denying yourself and, yeah and uh, not just for the sake of denying yourself. He doesn't want us to be bad human beings. Mm-hmm. Exactly mm-hmm. the opposite. He wants us to remember who created us and why we're here and why we're doing the things that we're doing. Yeah. You know, what's a, a good example of, so I'm looking at the first reading and I just always find this this reading to be very invigorating. Uh, I, I'm thinking about Jesus saying to the disciples to carry their cross and to follow him. And just imagine their response could be exactly that which Jeremiah is saying here. You know, when you follow the Lord carrying your cross, you can say, you duped me, Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me and you triumphed. All the day I'm the object of laughter and derision because, you know, there's the the third degree of humility, like following Christ and his suffering. You become yeah, the object of scorn. Become a fool. You become a fool. 
But then, but then there's something really powerful in the next line, which is, whenever I speak, I must cry out. Violence and outrage is my message. The word of the Lord has brought me derision. derision. But then it becomes like a burning fire in my heart, imprisoned in my bones, you know, that I can't not preach. You know, like the, the word of God, I will speak in his name, you know? Or am I reading this backwards? Is he yeah. saying that he won't speak the Lord's name? Or how do you read this? I will speak in his name. Oh, yeah, there, yeah, no there it is. Hmm. So there's the, no that, more. No more. So that means he won't preach? Oh, no, no. I say to myself, I'll not mention him. But then it becomes like a burning hot fire. And yeah. It has ex- to, yeah. I cannot endure holding it in. Yeah, totally. It has to come out. I love that. That's just such a really, that's a really powerful thing. And so thinking about like when you carry your cross, it may feel terrible and it may feel like you're the object of derision because you are. <laughs> you know, you're going to be <laughs> laughed at and, and made fun of. But like Jeremiah, it's like, can you, the word of God is something very deep and powerful and burning within you. You may not want to preach because you're the object of derision, but in the end, it becomes like a, a fire burning in your heart, imprisoned in your bones. Um, I don't know. I just get really invigorated by this. Uh, it's like the, this is the vocation of the disciple, of the apostle, of the <laughs> yeah, preacher, exactly. of, the, of, the, of the homilist, ultimately, right? Is that, you know, you find yourself on a path where you're letting yourself become the object of derision and scorn because you're preaching the truth and you can't help but preach the truth. Um, and right now, Peter isn't preaching the truth, but he will. He will. He'll get there um, because he himself gets laughed at, you know, in the courtyard of um, of the Sanhedrin. But then he also becomes the preacher on Pentecost Sunday, you know, like there's a real like carrying the cross. But then there's also the resurrection that comes with it, too. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating when we use that imagery of like becoming a fool for Christ, becoming so, uh, what does Jeremiah say? Uh, All the day I'm an object of laughter and everyone mocks me. Like when you put, when you put that in your imagination and you also think of, uh, like, I mean, okay, I'm going to be a little transparent here. When I think of this, I'm thinking of those guys, you know, the doom and gloom guys on the street corner that are preaching, uh, and I think, well, that's just kind of silly. And I, quite frankly, laugh at them sometimes. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. Yeah. Not proud of it, right. but I do. Right. Uh, but I don't think that that's what Jesus is talking about by denying yourself, uh, uh, taking up your cross and following him. Like there's the the message, the gospel of of Jesus is is a gospel of life, is a gospel of love. And I think the challenge for us today is how do we preach that? Because it's only being seen as, you know, oh, well, it's just up to the individual. Like, I can't possibly have any way of contributing to what you might think is your best bet for life and fulfillment and, you know, all that jazz. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But again, going back to this very deep, deep truth of what it means to be a human in the example of Peter, like it's, it's a back and forth. It's not so easy. Uh, as just saying, well, this is kind of like what I was just saying. Like this, we don't put ourselves in this little, neat little category, and everything is fine. Like, how do we find? And I think that's the that's the the power of the cross. Like that helps us to see through, uh, see through our own pride, our own vanity, our own right, right, yeah, traps of this world. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm like remind- that's what we're fighting against. Right, right. And so taking up your cross to deny yourself. Um, precisely so that you don't become like becoming a fool for Christ is so that you do not become um, a true fool, which is a man who thinks that he has everything figured out or right. a man who thinks he's right. got, you know, all the power to do everything. You know, what does it right. profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? 
Like that's mm-hmm. the the real fool. The true fool is the one who gains the whole world and loses himself. Um, he's the real fool, even though he doesn't look like a fool. He actually looks like he looks like a king in the eyes of the world. But in the eyes of truth, in the eyes of the kingdom, he's the true fool because he's the man who stored up treasure on earth. You know, he's the man whose life will be taken from him today. Um, you know, and wasn't even considering the things of the the things of God. Um, yeah, there's a lot here. I mean, it seems like it seems like we're circling the circling around what a point would be to build a homily around. It seems like is it the nature of discipleship? You, you keep holding on in, on this like human thing, this element of humanity of coming to know God's will sort of progressively, not having full knowledge. How, how would you land yeah. on like a thesis statement here? Yeah, that's a good question. I think. I think it has to be um, – okay, let me step back a little bit. I think one of the reasons why I like to harp on that so much is because it shows our deep, deep, deep need for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like if we think we can do it on our own, then we are fooling – we're becoming that fool. We're fooling ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, like we have to recognize – and this is the exercises, right? We have to recognize who we are, which is not good enough, right? and ask the Lord – to be there to bear to make our burden light and our our what is it our yoke the yoke easy is easy and our burden light yeah like that only happens because Jesus is standing there with us holding mm-hmm. it with us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and if we forget that then we're gonna fall we're gonna fail and so I think you know these and I, and I, again I I can't help but think that this reading and last week's reading with Peter show that you know is he standing with Christ is he standing with the Lord or is he becoming an obstacle? Is he standing by himself mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in the middle of the path and not supporting the path? Yeah, you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Totally. I, so, so so I, I guess I guess a thesis would be like looking at our or a question that I asked to develop a thesis would be to to ask ourselves how are we uh, how are we looking to like basic 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 stuff? How are we looking to Christ? Yeah. Yeah. How are yeah. we letting him be that bridge between us and our eternal reality? Totally. So here's another way of maybe getting at that, because I think that is, that's right. So another way of getting at that is maybe to frame it even with the second reading. Uh, do not conform yourself to this age. Like that resonates a little bit yeah. here. There's something of a paradox that's being presented, I think, in all three readings, which is to be a Christian. I, I had a, a pastor uh, when I was a kid in a parish who used to say to be a Christian is to live right side up in an upside down world. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and 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 it's you know it's catchy, it's fortune cookie, you know all that. But like, I think it's a useful way of thinking about these readings is that you know Jeremiah is an is a source of derision. You have Saint Paul exhorting us to not conform ourselves to the wisdom of the world, uh, but to be converted, you know, to the will of God and to be discerning because the wisdom of the world is ultimately folly. Um, and then you have in the gospel, you have what profit is there to gain the whole world? So. To be a disciple is to kind of live this paradoxical existence, which is mm-hmm. uh, to cry out to the Lord, you know, to fo- like to follow the Lord by picking up our cross. Like that's true. The glory is found on the path of Calvary and not like Peter, like Peter in a very human way is still learning. I think maybe to save Peter a little bit like you are trying to do and I think you're doing well. Peter is exactly living the process of St. Paul here, which is. He's trying to transform his mind by renewing it according to Jesus. But that's a process, like transform your mind, renew your mind. So the process of discipleship is this paradoxical thing that requires transformation over a long period of time. Um, 
Yeah, I might go there. And it's you hard. Know. It's yeah. hard work. Yeah, yeah. And we have to be willing to do it. Totally, totally. Uh, and again, the fool is the one that abandons the the path when it when it darkens. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, good, good. Any parting thought from you? No, just that you know, like if we if we take if we have to take two steps back before we can take a step forward, I think that's still a worthy journey. <laughs> totally, totally. Don't quit because you're because you falter. Yeah. One last thought for me would be I would I would want to make a shout out. I probably won in a homily, but I I would shout out how this line, you know, what profit is there to gain the whole world is the line that converted Francis Xavier. You know, like you know, mm. when, when he met Ignatius, Ignatius quoted this line from St. Matthew's Gospel, and it's what helped St. Francis make the pivot from a life of a life of the world to a life of missionary discipleship. Um maybe it's just yeah. a, sort of a good example of what you've been talking about. Yeah. I cool. like it. Cool man. Till next time. Alrighty. Bye, Father. See you, Father. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Peace.